Hey, hello there, Lou. I can't hear you, Lou. Can you hear me? Muted. No, that's my my mistake. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, welcome, friends. Um, Lou, how are you? I'm doing very well. How's good. it going today? Good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I am going to tell you all a story today about a young girl, uh, eleven years old, a princess who was kidnapped in India and brought to Mexico 402 years ago that since then has sparked and continued for 400 years a dress that Mexican women wear. You oh. might have seen it with a printed red or green skirt and a white blouse on top. It's typical. And that dress is called La China Poblana. And mm. I'll tell you how that came about. So, Lou, you don't have children or grandchildren, right? I mean, no, I have, you don't have young little kids. I mean, no, no, I have two adult children. Yeah. So, have you heard of this movie Encanto? I have not. I have two four. There you go. I have two four-year-old granddaughters, and they both love this movie Encanto. For those of you who are watching this on YouTube or Facebook, you can see the picture. Those of you who are listening on podcast can look online. Mm -hmm. But this movie, which I was forced to see a hundred times with my granddaughters. <laughs> yeah. Shows a lot of Mexican uh, girls, women, dressed in this Latina Poblana outfit. It sort of reminded me of what I had read. I looked it up and I figured I would tell you all this story today. Excellent. So there's a book written by Eva Alexander Uchmani. And the book is called India-Mexico Similarities and Encounters Throughout History. This is a story written there and it's written in many other places. You can look it up. It's about a young 11-year-old girl who was kidnapped in India by some Portuguese and Spanish, uh, I think it was Portuguese soldiers, uh, and brought over to Mexico. Her story became famous because of three Jesuit priests who saw her in Mexico from the time she was very young and lived her life through her confessions. And they were so impressed with how pious she was and how saintly she was that they wanted to make her a saint. They wanted to be it. Be it. Beatify. Is that the right word? Deify. Deify. Beatify. Yeah to make her a saint. Uh, and the church rejected that claim. Uh, and you'll see that she was truly a saint. Anyway, in the 16, and this was in 1602, 400 and, uh, 420 20. years ago, 422, 420 years ago. 420, yeah. So uh, there were Portuguese and Spanish uh, who ruled the seas in the 1600s, along with the French and the Dutch and the English, all of them came from their countries to India to basically take from India all of the riches that India had at the time and took it back to their countries. Along with the riches, they also captured men, women, and children and took them back to their countries and sold them to other countries as servants or slaves and made a lot of money that way. <clears throat> there was a young girl, 11 years old, whose name was Mira, M-E-E-R-A. Mira was a, came from a princely family. She said her father was either the king or a lord 
a physician or a seer. This is what she told the Jesuit priest during her uh, confession. She said they were pretty wealthy and pretty powerful in their town. Her father had enough powers that when he wanted to, he could quieten the tempests. Um, she missed her father tremendously after she was kidnapped. She said that she grew up somewhere in the western coast of India. Uh, when showed a map, it was either Rajasthan or Gujarat. She said she didn't know she was 11 mm -hmm. at the time that these people, she was walking on a beach, I think, yeah. with her brother, younger brother, and the soldiers just came, grabbed her, and took her away. Um, they took her first to Cochin, which is another coastal city in India where the ships come in and out. She remembers Cochin because she remembers the pepper factory, mm. black pepper. And she remembered the fort over there. And she was sold in Cochin as a slave. And she was put in chains and put in handcuffs and taken from there to um, Mexico. I'm sorry, to Manila in Philippines. Mm -hmm. During that time, she was baptized and evangelized. I don't know the difference. By Jesuit priests. And she was named, given a Christian name, and she was called Caterina de San Juan. Now, I know San Juan is in Mexico. I don't know why, uh, if she was in Cochin, she was baptized as Caterina de San Juan, but that's what her name was. Mm -hmm. After that, her Portuguese captors took her, she said, to various ports. And she was mistreated, and she suffered cruel imprisonment in the ships, and it was very, very rough for her. Anyway, she was still a little child, maybe a young adolescent by this time, and she was ultimately sent over to Manila in the Philippines, where she was sold as a slave to a man by the name of Miguel, Miguel de Souza. Miguel de Souza uh, abused her, beat her. There was no, no knowledge that I have of any sexual um, mistreatment, but yeah. physical mistreatment and callous treatment of this young girl she missed her father and her family tremendously. She was very close to her father. She missed him. She would cry. She was depressed. And she was made to carry a cross and walk in the streets of Manila, she said. Hmm. And she was made to do penance and to uh, repent for her sins. And she says while she was carrying the cross and crying and repenting for her sins, she said she heard the voice of Jesus of Nazareth, who said to her, don't miss your father, I will be your father. And she used that as she grew up to give her strength. Hmm. Miguel de Souza then sold her to a, somebody in Puebla, which is where Mira remained for the rest of her life, in Puebla, Mexico, very rich uh, trader or uh, uh, merchant, and from, she says, her life became even more difficult when she was sold to this merchant in Puebla, Mexico. She stayed there from the time she was sold to him in early adolescence until she died when she was 82 years old. Hmm. During that time, the dress that she used to wear was what she came with from India. And then she just stitched for herself various skirts, which were either green or red whatever fabric she could manage, and a white blouse that she stitched herself. Even though she didn't know how to stitch, she learned how to stitch on her own and stitch these, and she would wear these dresses. As she grew up, 
she was always kind to everybody. She was a very saintly person, very kind, very giving, very gentle. Everybody that came into contact with her loved her, except for her master, who was a very cruel master. All of the masters she had encountered till that point were cruel. The master then told her she had to get married. She, he forced her. Hmm. But he made her promise, and the slave that and the slave that she got married to, he made him promise at the, at the threat of death or punishment, severe punishment, that if they touched each other, each other, they would be punished. So every night they had to put pillows between each other, between the husband and wife, and crucifixes, crosses between them, so that he would never touch her. After a while, he left. Hmm. This, the husband left, abandoned her, and ran away. This, the Jesuit priest took that as another sign that this was a saint because a man who was right next to her, even if he could have cheated, did not. And in fact, ran away from her like he was the devil. So right. they said he's a, he, she's a uh, saint. Um, so she died as a slave in 1688. She was kidnapped at, in 1620. And she died at 1688, so however that old that makes her. She was loved by many, many people during that time. And her unfortunate experiences and troubles made her very sickly towards the end. And she died all alone in her bed. She was bedridden. She was almost totally paralyzed. And there was nobody to feed her or give her anything. She couldn't go to church for her confessions, which she loved to go to church. Um, and she died all alone. During the time that she died, there were church bells that were ringing all over the city. And people came out from their homes like nobody else had ever seen so many people. By this time, the Jesuit priest had written three books about her, and everybody had read those books. Hmm. They all came out of their homes to attend her funeral. So many that the guards had trouble containing them. This is in the book, India-Mexico Similarities. Um, so many guards, and yet they couldn't hold the crowds back. They were so loving of her. So where were all these people when she was uh, imprisoned yeah. and worked as a slave? I, I don't know. But anyway, she died. The streets were crammed. They got her a wonderful tomb, which still exists in this uh, town called La Poblana. No, it's called China Poblana in mm -hmm. Mexico. Her tomb says... She was given to this earth by God to serve others. And she came from the land of Mogur. Now, Mogur, where does that word come from? Mogur comes from the word Mughal. And they knew India as the, the land of the Mughals. So they hmm. called it Mogur. They also thought anybody that came from the, far, from the east or from the far east was considered to be coming from China. So that's why they named her China or China, China Poblana, because that's where she spent her life, China Poblana. Mm -hmm. And the outfit that she wore was called, the dress style was called La China Poblana, a white blouse with a colored embroidered red or green skirt. Mira wore this in India. Uh, all Mexican women, most Mexican women wear it uh, today. And that's why it became so famous. Now, the Jesuit priests wrote three books about her during her lifetime, presented it to the church to make her a saint. The church rejected it. There's some speculation that the church rejected it because 
she was kidnapped, number one. She had done nothing wrong, neither had her father, nor the country which they had uh, occupied, India. And they just brought her and sold her as a slave. The sins that were made by the Jesuit priests and the priests that took her, they, they evangelized, baptized her, all of those were far greater than any sins that this 11-year-old girl had committed when she was kidnapped or thereafter in her life. So it is speculated that that was the reason that the church denied the wishes of these priests, three priests, to baptize her. Be because she had to, done nothing wrong? She had done nothing wrong, and the actual the wrongdoing was on the part of the church. Is that, that a requirement of a saint, that you have to have committed a sin? No, that she had oh. not done any sin. Yeah. So she, no, no, I'm saying that the priest said she had never done anything wrong in her whole yep. life. Oh, and I so see. she should be a saint. Yep. But in spite of that, the church denied their request. And I'm, there's speculation as to why the church would deny the request. Yeah. So they said that uh, to, to be made a saint, you had to come up with some miracles. I think you have to come up with three miracles. And yeah. the Jesuit priest came up with three miracles. And the church said, no, those don't count as miracles. So everybody was surprised why the church prevented her from becoming a saint. And there's speculations as to why the church felt red-faced or embarrassed that they didn't allow her to be. But their statement was, and I'll read it to you, that... These claims to want her to be a saint are useless, improbable, revelations, visions and apparitions don't exist. They're full of contradictions and improper, indecent and impetuous comparisons with no mere foundation, no more foundation than the vain credulity of the authors. Ooh. Very, very, very strong rejection. That was, a, that was a harsh denial, yes. Harsh denial without, in in my opinion, proper basis for yeah. this. It was just like they just didn't want her to be a saint. Anyway, poor girl. I felt so sorry when I read this and all of that. But I thought in view of the fact that Encanto is such a popular movie today, everybody sees that outfit. Everybody knows. You have any other photographs of uh, the Mexican uh, dress or no? No, no, we don't. don't have no, I don't have that. All right. So, so does the movie deal with this story at all? Or is no, it, it's no, no, no. It's, yeah. it's a kid's movie. I think it's a Disney movie. I probably fell asleep 98 uh, times out of the movies that I've seen. I'm just kidding. Exaggerating. Yeah. Um, but no, the, kid, the, the story is about something else. But when I was watching the movie, I was reminded of this thing that I had read a while ago about the dress. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I thought people might be interested in uh, hearing about it. It's called La China Poblana. That's the name of the outfit. The town where she's buried is called China Poblana in Mexico. And uh, you can look it up and see. And if you want to write to me any questions that arise, any thoughts you have, you can write to me at arisearjuna at gmail.com. And for those of you who are listening to this on podcasts, you might want to look at this on uh, YouTube or Facebook to see uh, what Lou is showing us here on the screen. Now, uh, this is fascinating because she obviously became very popular while she was a slave. These priests wrote three books about her, and yet she still remained a slave. You would think there'd be some pressure for her, her uh, master to let her go or honor her somehow. Yeah, at that time, don't forget, the church had immense power over... If they wanted to, if they all they had to do was to say to the master, let her go. 
Yeah. I mean, she's 80 years old, 78 years old. Right. How useful could she be? She was weak and tired and sickly. You know, let her go. The church ought to only say that, but they didn't. And I don't yes. know why they did it. But she lived 12 years after turning 70, where she couldn't have been a very useful slave. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So wow. I, I don't know what, what the reason was. Um, may, I'm sure if I did more research on it or somebody did research on it, we'd find out. And I but. find it interesting <clears throat> that, um, the, the, again, the harshness of that rejection of her application for sainthood, that wasn't necessary. They, there's, there's some other factor in this with the church because that was... Uh, that was a slapdown of it. They could have yeah. just denied it without being that harsh about it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, certainly, somebody if somebody wants to research it, they could. And uh, please enlighten me if there's some things that I'm missing. So yeah, it would be interesting to find out. There's many many stories like this, as Lou and I have presented to you, my friends. If any of you can add some light to this and enlighten me, uh, that would be great. So thank you. And uh, Lou, anything else you want to say something? No, just wherever you're watching us on, there are several other outlets as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Facebook as well. If you want the visual, YouTube and Facebook and Spotify have the visual aspect of it if you want. But uh, subscribe to us wherever you're looking at us so that you know when we put up new episodes. Thank you very much, friends. We'll see you next time.